Welcome to the FAST Podcast, Financial Advisor Strategy Talks with Laura Galloway, SVP of Financial Education at White Glove. Laura provides advisors with an opportunity to hear from some of the best minds in the business. Follow along to learn quick tips to help you grow your business, from gaining new leads to keeping current clients engaged and everything in between. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the FAST Podcast with your host, Laura Galloway from White Glove. Laura, how are you? Hey, Eric, I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I see that you have a guest on the show today. Who'd you bring on? I have Bridget Gillis, and I'm so excited to have Bridget here with me today. Bridget is a member of White Glove, and she spent her entire career focused on consumer behavior. She is worried about who her audience is, why they take specific actions, what they respond to. She's just passionate about understanding their needs and their desires. And she wants to make sure that she delivers a best-in-class user experience. At White Glove, Bridget drives the growth and development of our lead nurturing and client engagement programs. And she is she's working to design and build relationships through educational content. These programs help financial professionals uncover more opportunities. So she's very passionate about helping her advisors turn prospects into clients completely hands-free. Wow. That, I mean, that sounds like a pretty big job. Bridget, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So Bridget, <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. You know all about podcasting. You've helped our advisors do podcasting in the past. So can you just tell me a little bit about your role and your experience here at White Glove? Sure. So I've been with White Glove for a little over two years now. Um, I've been hyper-focused on everything that advisors need to do to be a thought leader in their space, um, everything from sort of after they've acquired their lead, right? So how do they stay top of mind with their prospects? How do they uncover all of those hidden opportunities? Um, and equally as much as how do they maintain relationships with their existing clients? So um, on the product team, I like to say that we uh, have lots of balls in the air that we can never let drop. So we're focused on sales, uh, technology, and the user experience. Okay, you just mentioned something really important that I think is so great because, you know, everybody at White Glove, we're always focused on lead gen, right? Getting new people in, helping our advisors get in front of their target target audience. But you said something I think is so critical and I think is one of the things that I really wanted to focus on today. Keeping top of mind. So just take a step back for me a minute and just tell me why is it so important for an advisor to remain top of mind for these leads that they've met through their workshops? Sure. You know, I was thinking about this a little bit on my drive into work today and I thought, okay, how do I put this into a perspective? And it's like, imagine if we were a retail company mm -hmm. and we only focused on selling to a customer the first ad that they saw. And that's all we ever did. And we just hoped that we were able to close them at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. That would seem a little bit ridiculous, right? So we have free remarketing, we have paid ads, we have abandoned cart emails, all of those tactics are used because we know that people don't convert the first time that they see a product, right? Mm -hmm. And the same is true for a financial professional, right? We don't know when people are ready to move forward or to seek guidance. Um, just because they may have attended a seminar to gain information doesn't mean the time is right or they've been fully convinced. And advisors are not mind readers. They don't know when that next time is going to come. And so it is inherently um, important to continue to drip and educate those people to show the value that they can provide because that is just money sitting potentially in their inbox or in a spreadsheet that they are doing nothing with those leads because um, they're only focused on the people who are ready right now. 
that sounds really smart. I appreciate you explaining that. Um, you know, I, I I think about all of the companies that focus all their advertising on getting first time clients, right? Just like you said, and then they get them and then where's the loyalty program, right? Where, what do you do to keep those people thinking about you and to be there when they're ready to work with us, right? So I think that's such a great point. And, but I admittedly, you know, a lot of advisors are not, they're not marketers. They're not experts at figuring, well, how do I stay top of mind? When you say drip, I, I know I want to hear a little bit more. I want to go deeper on that. And especially if you can tell me some ways to make that easy for advisors, rather than them having to figure out how to run all the stuff themselves, like any automation or anything you can suggest. For sure. I think that being in this industry, I quickly learned that who is my target audience one advisors and what do they not have a lot of time and what do they also not have a lot of resources. Um, so I think that's why White Glove has been so um, beneficial to them with our done for you approach. Mm -hmm. um, and not to say that advisors have to use us, but I think either having an in-house team of people who can execute the same things or hiring an agency or a business who can do take these things off their hands because listen, mar marketing moves at the speed of light social media, all of these things are moving um, all the time. And so unless that's their dedicated career, I don't expect them to be up to date and know how to do all of these things. And that's why they need to have professionals who it is our core job mm -hmm. to know how consumers behave, where they do, where are they going? What are they looking at? How can we get um, in front of them in the mm -hmm. correct ways? Um, and, and that shouldn't be on an advisor to figure out. So, you know, can like, can you talk to me a little bit about the automation side of it? It's like, okay, we have the know-how, we have the resources. We're not asking advisors to have another career in marketing, but help me understand how this is easy because it sounds like a lot of work if you have to just keep marketing, remarketing, that kind of stuff that you were talking about. Yeah. So we have certainly uh, a done for you approach, as I mentioned. And so we have built a marketing automated solution, which helps keep the process completely hands-free for our advisors. So everything from compliance approvals to publication, um, the advisors don't have to do anything themselves. So That's huge. they get, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, we work with their compliance team to integrate um, their approval system through our um, process. And so we all, uh, each advisor gets assigned a dedicated account rep. Their person is in charge of their social media posting, their email marketing, all of their compliance approvals, any changes that might come from compliance. We handle all of that for the advisor. So really all we ask of them is to hop on a call every once in a while, check performance, give them some feedback of ways that they can be a little bit more hands-on if they have the time and energy or a staff member who can support them. Um, but we really want to show that we can do this um, for you so mm -hmm. you can sit back and take the appointments that we're putting on your calendar, really. That's amazing. And yeah, who doesn't want to wake up and see more appointments on your calendar from people that have heard you speak or had some interaction with you over time, but have now decided... I'm ready to take that next step. Exactly. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you do it all. I'm sure you've got some stories of some advisors that maybe have tried doing some of this on their own or maybe have tried different approaches. Have you seen any big mistakes and are there certain areas or certain strategies that you would tell your advisors to avoid when it comes to sort of an automated marketing campaign like this? Yeah, I think what I've seen is... Um, what they buy is not always what they get. Um, and they've been a little bit misled by how easy per se some competitive tools might be. Um, but then you get into the interface and it actually requires a lot of work, right? It might seem simple to use, but the advisors get in and it's 
a ton of configuration and time and they they have to understand who are they dripping to what is the message how are these overlapping like that is a marketing person identity mm -hmm. to be able to do that and so even if maybe they say the platform itself is easy it doesn't mean that understanding how to execute it is um and so i've seen that definitely rear its head when we have advisors who are like oh I, they told me it'd be easy and it's certainly not right mm -hmm. um or kind of hiring different firms to do different things um, and having overlapping messages, perhaps, or not understanding how many times they're reaching the same audience. Is it a different message? What are they saying? And um, that can get really confusing for consumers. And so um, having one source of the people who are coming in, uh, like your lead generation, and the follow-up really makes it a consistent tone. So it does seem like all the messages are coming from you, even if you're hiring a third-party person to do it for you. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, I can imagine that sort of a Frankenstein approach of a lot of different marketing methods and platforms and providers um, could result in some pretty icky experiences for the end user for that prospect that we're trying to nurture and build that rapport and that trust with right they if they're getting three messages a day versus one every three months, you know, because the marketing programs don't really overlap or aren't really overseen by one person that could be troublesome for sure or yeah you know i see a lot of advisors who start like a monthly newsletter or a quarterly newsletter and they do it for a couple of times and then they stop yeah and then it's like well you built sort of an expectation you didn't fall through so what message does that send um so consistency is also very important in your approach so if you're going to start something um be dedicated to it mm -hmm. um and i think that a lot of advisors uh don't see through 100 percent with that I, I want to switch gears for a second and just talk a little bit about the audience and just, you know, we're, we're able to use marketing automation tools like our nurture and engage program that we're talking about here. We're able to use tools like that to reach the leads that are generated from workshops to also engage with any other clients in the advisor's database. But what about the reach that an advisor could have maybe outside of their target audience? Why would it be beneficial for them to reach people that are maybe a little bit younger than the retirement age. Could you just talk to that a little bit? Because I know that's something you're pretty passionate about as well. Yeah, for sure. I think we see a lot of advisors who are hyper-focused on the people who are like ready right now to retire that they can help. Um, and that's great. But I think that there is a ton of value in people like me or a little bit older who are getting established in their career and are starting families and going through all of those big life events mm -hmm. who could benefit a ton um, from financial education and guidance from a professional. Because as we build wealth, um, we might be the ideal client, right? And going back to what I mentioned previously, we don't know when people are ready. Mm -hmm. um, so having younger people in your um, drip, we are constantly trying to educate people on what's forthcoming what is big and scary and kind of looming mm -hmm. to get people to have the initial conversation with a financial professional. There are so many things I didn't know that I needed to consider about retirement or even just uh, as I get older, like how my 401k options should change or about having to take uh, required minimum distributions as I get older and like navigating Social Security and all of those things that I would have been like, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to retire and live on a beach. But like I'm in my 30s and I'm already thinking about that stuff. And so um, I am already seeking financial guidance because I think it's uh, super important to have that. And I think they're missing uh, a lot of potential market by just avoiding people thinking that I don't have enough wealth um, or I'm not qualified for retirement quite yet. What I love about your saying too, what you're saying too, is 
if the advisor has been able to just drip, drip, drip on that younger audience, on those prospective people, it's no heavy lifting on their part. They're just getting, you know, these automated messages that are carefully curated by the the team that works with you, right? For the advisor. These are carefully curated um, emails and social posts that these prospects get over time. The younger target audience gets over time. Getting it again and again and again builds that trust over time, right? And so when I or you are ready to take action, you're not going to go to Google to try to financial find a financial advisor. You're going to go to the person that's been spending that time educating you, right? 100%. And like, who is more likely to come into an inheritance per se, right? Not somebody probably in their 60s and 70s who's already retired, but somebody likely in their mid 40s. And so if they have that established trust from someone they might have seen giving the financial education, I might know exactly who I should reach out to if the day comes that I inherit something um, rather than, like you said, going to Google and trying to figure it out myself or going to Mm -hmm. competitor because- yeah, I hadn't had a relationship formed. Such a good point. And, you know, we also know that um, people in their 30s and 40s are still changing jobs quite a bit. And you move from one retirement plan, you move from one 401k, you, you're actually freeing up money that a financial advisor could help put into a Roth or some other vehicle that could be or a life insurance policy or something that if if the advisor is speaking to this group of people, which it, it can be kind of hard to get this generation's attention too, right? So if you've got those people in your audience as an advisor and you continue to drip on them, hands-free, easy peasy, not taking any effort, not taking any thought to produce this kind of really relevant content, if you've got that over time, again, you just become that person that is a very familiar person in their inbox (laughs) to go to when needed. So I think that's such a great recommendation. I really love that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask just, you know, thinking about this too, it's important when advisors spend money, when they spend marketing dollars, it's important for any business owner and any individual to measure the results of what they're getting. So how do you talk to people about this? Because you're not getting something that you know, turns a profit right off the bat. So how do you advise your clients that are using a nurture and engage program like White Gloves or some other platform? How do they define whether or not they're successful? Yeah, I think that tends to come up a lot, right? Um, They want to know what's my ROI, what's my ROI. Um, And long-term nurturing is not something that is like a guaranteed timeline. I'm not going to say do this six months and you're guaranteed three clients or, you know, all of that A is dependent on how qualified or how good your lead book is that you're providing to me um, or the leads that we're getting from White Glove. Um, And it takes time. It might be whether the market is a little bit more shaky than normal, right? People might be more amped to want to speak to a professional. Mm. Um, But I think that ultimately what I hear advisors say is, especially if they're doing events and or however they acquire their leads, they've already been bought. I highly doubt they're getting free leads, right? So Mm. they've spent the marketing dollars to acquire that lead so having it sit there in a Excel document or in a CRM system doing nothing does zero for them. Mm-hmm. So paying a little bit to drip on them, if they get one client, it's basically paid for itself, right? Because now you're getting the value of the money you've already spent to get zero value, right? You're already kind of in the hole if you got nothing from them. So, mm-hmm. um, and all of the success stories we hear from advisors are, oh, this person attended an event in 2015 or 2016, or I just randomly met with this person one time and they've been on my newsletter list and they're going through a divorce now, or they came into money or um, they got a new job, right? So these life events that we talk about that we can't predict 
when people will need the help, but they kept staying on the newsletter list for a reason. They could have unsubscribed if it was irrelevant to them. Um, and they're like, oh, I remember this guy. He sends me an email every couple months, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to reach out to him. And then they turn over these clients that otherwise probably would have just gone to a competitor had they not followed up with them. Because I don't yeah. think they would have remembered somebody from five plus years ago from one event. You know, I would say, you know, I asked you earlier about mistakes and I got to think that this is another big mistake is to pay for leads and then do nothing with them. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what, what are you even doing? Right? Like you've got an opportunity and you just walk away from it. It's, you know, it to actually have that opportunity to turn that lead and so much of, of a larger percentage of your leads into clients because you just have an automated drip campaign like we offer. I think that's very smart. I love that. So this is really helpful. I think any advisor listening to this should reach out and just figure out how they can make sure that they're doing some sort of very coordinated, carefully curated, automated drip campaign to the people that are in their book right now, whether they're prospects or clients, they both need nurturing, right? Like, For sure. And maybe we just take a step back too, because we've talked a lot about prospects, but talk to me about like the client's side. I mean, if you've got a client, isn't it just enough to do an annual review and, and call it good? I mean, is is that dialing it in, or <laughs> phoning it in? What should What should we be thinking of as a standard? Like how often do advisors need to be talking to their existing clients? Yeah, I think that one annual review is certainly not enough. Um, I think that like we we know advisors' time is limited and the time that they do have, they want to be hyper-focused on prospects, um, which is totally understandable. And that's why we are just as uh, focused on the prospect side as the client side. Because when, like I mentioned, if the markets are shaky or um, people are nearing retirement or in retirement, those are the people who are most worried. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to hear from the advisor. They want the, the advisor to be reaching out proactively to say, I know things are scary. Stay the course. We have a plan. If you're worried, schedule some time. But we really want to like minimize fear and minimize the amount of time they're having to deal with like uncertain clients so they can focus on prospects. Um, but clients deserve TLC, right? They're investing a lot of money, sure. time, uh, faith, and trust in them. Um, and so we want to continue to build that relationship. It doesn't always have to be picking up the phone call, uh, picking up the phone um, or doing something as personal. Um, it can just be a simple newsletter that lets them know, I'm here, I'm listening to the news. I've got my ear to the ground. You know, it's okay. Got it. That's great advice. Thank you for that. So I always love to wrap up this section because everything we do with the Fast Podcast is, you know, helping our advisors be successful. I would love to hear from you what your definition of success is. Is there something that drives you in your personal life or your professional life that you define as success? Um, For me, success is continuous learning. Um, I've always been driven in my career to navigate to where I feel like I can learn the most um, and be working with leaders who I'm learning a lot from. So I think that as long as you are open-minded to learning more um, and absorbing what's around you, you will continue to grow and excel. Um, And so for me, yeah, success is just always learning, staying humble um, and applying what you know. Got talking to another learner right here. I say this a lot on this podcast. I love learning too. Education is is so amazing and yeah. there's so much you can tap into. It's really exciting and fun. So I appreciate you sharing that. Do you have a personal mantra as well? Is there something that drives you just in your personal life to, is it your worldview the way you see things? 
Um, I don't know if it's a personal mantra, but I've had bosses tell me, oh, you know, Bridget, she always asks why, 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 why? <laughs> and I think that's part of learning, right? Like, why do we do this? Why do people do this? Like understanding how things tick. And so I can like break it apart and see if there's a better fit. Um, I'm not very much a, this is how it's been. It's how it always is mm-hmm. type of person. So I think there's always ways to improve, not just for the sake of change is not change is not change, um, but improvement um, certainly. And I think that, um, things, uh, move at a fast pace. So staying top of mind with how industries change and, um, user experience change and technology changes. Um, yeah, it's, it's important to continue to ask why, why are we still doing this? Is this correct? And if the answer is yes, that's good. And if the answer is no, let's, let's fix it. I love it. I can tell our advisors are in very good hands with you. <laughs> <laughs> have no worries about the future here with you in charge. So oh, that's awesome. You. Well, Thank you so much for being here, Bridget. It was a pleasure chatting with you on the Fast Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. This has been a fantastic podcast. Bridget, I love that last piece that you said, quite honestly. Um, always asking why. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, when I was a kid, I got yelled at a lot for taking things apart because mainly I couldn't put them back together. But I always <laughs> wanted to know why. Why does this work? Why does this do this? How does it work? Uh, I think that uh, a lot of your clients, right, are asking, how does this work? And it's so complicated. They they have a team there with you guys uh, that can help them to take some things apart, but they know how to put them back together. So that's the best part. Um, Laura, thank you so much for doing this. Are the, do you have any closing thoughts or contact information if people want to reach out and learn more about all the services and everything that they heard today on the podcast? They're always welcome to email us at info at whiteglove.com. And they can find out all about the programs that Bridget runs for our nurture and engage for prospects and clients. That's fantastic. Bridget, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, Laura, thank you so much for facilitating this. This has been fantastic. And our last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Fast Podcast with Laura Galloway. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the podcast comes out, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at White Glove, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Fast Podcast, financial advisor strategy talks with Laura Galloway, your go-to source designed to help you grow your business. Have questions about the topics covered during the show? Visit our website at www.whiteglove.com or email us at info at whiteglove.com. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of White Club. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial services provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.